Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, new research is taking a look at opioids and if there is a way opioids could deliver effective pain relief without the risk of addiction. Joining us to talk a bit more about this is John Stryker, Associate Professor of Neuroscience and Pharmacology at the University of Arizona. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Joe. Good morning. This sounds like it's extremely important research, given the fact here in BC we have an ongoing overdose crisis linked to illicit drugs. What specifically is being looked at here? Yeah, absolutely. So the the basic metaphor to understand what we're looking at is, so you have all these neurons in your brain that are acting like a communication network. And through that network, everything happens, right? Everything from thinking to sleeping to falling in love to writing a poem. And within each neuron, there is a similar communication network that allows drugs like opioids or like other drugs too, for that matter, to carry out their effects in your neurons and to make, actually make things happen. So when opioids bind, opioid drugs bind to your neurons, they make stuff happen. They do so through this network that, that, that's called signaling or signal transduction. And so my work is, is really focused on understanding how that works, how that system works, because some of the signals are good that give you things that you want, like pain relief. And some of the signals are really bad, as you alluded to, that give you things that you don't want, like overdose and, and addiction and all the rest of the, the nasty stuff that comes with opioids. And so my work, our work, is really focused on separating what are the good signals, what are the bad signals, and designing opioids that are going to stimulate your brain in the right way to give you the things that we want without all the crap that we don't want. Right. So is it oversimplifying it, though, to say the reason that we like opioids and we want more of them is they do stop the pain? So is it finding a way that they can do that? But but it seems it seems like there's that connection. How do you how do you separate those two? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's not simplistic at all. That's 100 percent. So like everyone's trying to find the, the perfect alternative to opioids. And so far, we haven't found anything because they're really good at what they do in terms of relieving pain. It's just they have that that baggage that we're trying to get rid of that comes along with it. And so, yeah, our strategy is to, to figure out a way to stimulate your brain in the right way to give you just the pain relief. Uh, through the opioid system in your brain without giving you uh, the addiction and all the other nasty stuff. And is it a question of, do we, we know, obviously you just explained it, so we know how they're working. So is it then figuring out how our brains are responding uh, to other substances or how to, to maybe change the way the brain responds to do exactly what you just said to kind of stop that addiction from, right. from setting in? Well, some people are still are, are working kind of along those lines, right? Like finding other other systems, other types of drugs, and so on. I'm still focused on the opioid system because you mentioned we know how it works. We kind of know how it works, but there's a lot that we don't. Like there's a lot of mysteries, even after all these years, decades, you know, more than a century of opioid research, all, all these areas that we don't know and don't understand. And that's what my research is trying to figure out, these molecular signals that we don't understand, to figure out which molecular signals are contributing to the good stuff and what's to the bad stuff. And then in terms of what that would actually look like for a patient, what we're trying to do would be to create a new opioid. So you wouldn't be taking morphine or fentanyl or something like that. You'd be taking something new that we've made that 
chemically tweaks your brain in the right way to give you the good signals, but not the bad ones, but still, but still would be an opioid. Hmm. And not everyone becomes addicted when they take opioids. So do we know why mm-hmm. the brains react differently and that some people can take them for pain and once the, they're, they're healed of, of what to, they were, had opioids for, they're fine, whereas others can't? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's. I don't fully understand it myself, and there's. Uh, I think we don't fully understand it. There are a lot of individual susceptibility differences. Um, I know people that focus more on that field know a bit more than I do, but uh, overall, I, I think it's still somewhat of a mystery. Although it's clear that, for instance, if you have a close family member that um, has, you know, is is uh, is addicted to alcohol or drugs of some kind, that you're more at risk just due to family, you know, shared family risk factors. So there's probably some genetic component to it, uh, but there's a lot of other stuff too, you know, uh, your environment and, and a lot of these other factors that play in. And uh, you've touched on this as well, and I know your research is uh, focusing on something called the, the heat shock protein 90, and not to go too far mm-hmm. into the technical part <laughs> of it, but how important is that as far as that maybe unlocking those things that you mentioned? Well, it's, I think it's pretty important, of course. Um, maybe not everyone would agree, but it, it's kind of one one signal that I mentioned in that network and one strategy, right? So there's a, the way I think of it, it's like many many potential paths to the top of the mountain of coming up with an improved opioid. So some people are going over here working on their thing. I'm over here working on heat shock protein 90 because I think it's pretty cool. And we actually have found that it's pretty important. And specifically what we figured out is that if you if you inhibit this protein in the right way, if you block it, uh, you actually make your pain relief better while decreasing the side effects. And we know that that's happening in the spinal cord. And now we're you know, really digging in and figuring out, first of all, the details about how that works. And then we're also designing new drugs that you might take with your opioid to make, uh, make the experience better, to make the pain relief better while reducing the side effects. And can this, do you think, then be used for other things as well, cancer or other, other illnesses that, that maybe were not getting the best results? Yeah, it's actually funny you mentioned cancer specifically. HSP-90, heat shock protein 90, is is a big target in the cancer field, and people have been looking at it there for a long time. And there are active clinical trials looking at heat shock protein 90 inhibitors and so on. I'm kind of the newcomer to that area, to the HSP-90 area, bringing it into the brain, bringing it into pain. Um, so, yeah, definitely there's other things that it's going to be important for too. Inflammation, there's, there's several things. Well, it's uh, so interesting uh, and uh, to see where this is going from here. Uh, John Stryker, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.